Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey guys, this is Josh and the homebrew hombres, Liam Malone, Max Wessel, and Doug Banks. Hey! We make RPG from scratch. It's a podcast about making and playing your own tabletop role-playing games. So come listen to us work on the Scratch Dice system, an alternative to D&D and Pathfinder, and listen to our first campaign, Echoes of the Starcrypt, at nerdyshow.com and on your favorite podcast app. The following episode of Flame On is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop. Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geeky programming, visit nerdyshow.com. What's going on, everybody? Pat Bear here, and I am back with my friends and colleagues, BJ. Hi. And Eric. Hello. <laughs> and we are here for another microsode. This was almost a topic on our previous uh, full cast, or okay, fun, three-quarter cast <laughs> pop culture <laughs> roundup. <laughs> um and then but i hadn't seen it i was watching it uh i was going to the movies right after we recorded or thereabouts uh like an hour after we finished up our recording and uh so we decided let's just do a full out micro where all three of us can sit down and hash out this movie so we are here on this good goddamn day <laughs> to talk about clifford the big red dog <gasps> oh my god <laughs> Why did it almost make me cry when I was watching the trailer? And it was like, oh, I just, I can't. Like, I don't think I'm gonna, I would love the movie, but they were like the tones of just like uh, the, being an outcast. The movie looks terrible. And, yeah. But like, that trailer, you know, oof, my heartstrings were right there. And it was like, <laughs> pluck, 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 pluck those heartstrings. <laughs> I forget what the line was. There was one line in particular where it was like, I don't know about why do people like hunt things that they don't understand or something like that. And it was just like, 
Okay. There was a lot. Like that that's what that's that was what I didn't like about the trailer is there were <laughs> literally every every like and those were only the trailer scenes. So like you know there's like 50,000 more lines like that. Like the first one was like how big is he going to get? Depends on how much you love him. And then like and yeah, right, I was that like, one right what there. What she said last night. <laughs> and then, <laughs> um but then there was like What's he doing? Trying to make himself small. And that was like, it. Oh my god, that's the part where I almost started to cry. And I was like, really? Can you please not do this to me while I am waiting to watch this next movie? <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, and then it's like they, and then they do the weird thing in the theater where they do like a full trailer, but then they do like another like weird mini commercial trailer immediately after. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, get the, I was just like, get get your emotionally manipulating. <laughs> fucking ass out of my face like my first dog's name was clifford and i was like get the sh- get that shit out of here <laughs> don't, don't make me feel feelings and then i watched you know a giant epic space fantasy that made me feel feelings so yeah yeah i mean i i will i will not lie i did cry during this movie but the real question bj is was uh your dog clifford named after the big red dog that's what i want to know yeah Yes, okay. uh, she was a cocker spaniel. Okay, that 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 makes sense because uh, you're not much younger than me, and I remember the Scholastic uh, book fairs and <laughs> all of those uh, flyers that we would get with uh, the God. the books to purchase, and that was my introduction to Clifford as well. So, oh wow. Anywho, yep, completely dated myself right there. <laughs> but but we are not here to talk about the uh clifford trailer any more than we already have we are here to talk about eternals after a year plus of no marvel cinematic experiences uh due to the ongoing covid19 pandemic we have been graced with three in the past, what, July, August, September, five months? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Because Black Widow and, and was July, right? Me- yeah, um, I think Black Widow was either July or, yeah, late July. Yeah, because I, uh, Pokemon Go Fest is in July, and I went that night, and it was like the second week. Of release or two weeks after the release so late june early july black widow came out so we are just being force-fed marvel cinematic goodness <laughs> i'm not mad about it because in <laughs> what is it about a month from the recording it's like a month in five days 31 days 31 days 31 days we get our next Marvel Cinematic Adventure in the form of Spider-Man No Way Home, correct? That's the next one? Yep. Yep, yep. Uh, and a, a second trailer is dropping tonight, the night tonight, the night of this recording. Mm, so excited. And apparently, supposedly, <laughs> this is the big one with reveals of uh, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. I don't believe that. The website that I was reading this on was like the biggest shit stirring website and not one that I find or like that I would go to for reliable content. But it was this whole like big thing of, I don't know, whatever. I'm excited clearly, to see it. Clearly, it's really I'm just going to be, it, it's really just going to be Topher Grace popping up. 
<laughs> I'm just, I'm more excited that it's clearly all going to be about Mephisto. So <laughs> uh, just like WandaVision was. So, And uh, the follow-up uh, Disney Plus program, Mephisto and the Winter Mephisto. <laughs> that was my favorite. Although this one actually does have ties to Mephisto that are even stronger than the WandaVision comic book ties that we got, like, oh, yeah. for storyline purposes. One More Day is centered around Mephisto and Spider-Man, so... Yep. Who knows? There could be some <laughs> sort of introduction to of Mephisto or a Mephisto-like character um, in, in this. But we are here to talk about Eternals. This is a 2021 American superhero film based on the Marvel Comics race of the same name. Produced by Marvel Studios and distributed by Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures. It is the 26th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The film is directed by Chloe's... Is it Zhao or Zhao? Zhao. Zhao, okay. Uh, who wrote the screenplay with Patrick Burley, Ryan Furpo, and Kaz Furpo. Stars an ensemble cast including Gemma Chan, Richard Madden, Kumail Nanjiani, Leah McHugh, Brian Tyree Henry, Lauren Ridloff, Barry Kogan, Keegan, Donnelly, Harish Patel, Kit Harrington, Selma Hayek, and Angelina Jolie. In the film, the Eternals, an immortal alien race, emerge from hiding after thousands of years to protect Earth from their ancient counterparts, the Deviants. If I butchered any of those names, which I'm sure I did, I apologize. But that is your introduction into the film. Uh, we don't normally do this, but spoilers. I mean, obviously, this episode is going to be titled with the fact that it is us talking about <laughs> the Eternals. So if you have not watched the film, what are you doing here? Please come back after you've watched. Or if you or if or if you just want to spoil it for yourself. Like, I mean, that's that too. Maybe yeah. maybe you're not sure and you want to hear what uh, these three homosexuals have to say about this film before you decide to go. Maybe maybe you were a bad little maybe you were a bad boy and and daddy tied you down and is forcing you to listen to this podcast as punishment. So, <laughs> or you're just cinematically masochistic and you want to spoil it for yourself. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> All right. <laughs> But yeah, spoiler warning, we are going to be talking about Eternals. We're going to be going over plot points. We're going to talk the shit out of it. So if you don't want to be spoiled, come back after you've seen the movie. All right. So let's dive into this. We're going to do this conversation the way that uh, we've recently been doing our movie reviews, or at least in these micros, we're going to do a round of things that we liked about it. We'll do a round of things that maybe we... Um, thought could have been better or could have been improved. And then uh, we will do wild conjecture and speculation as our final uh, portion of this program. So I am going to throw it over to Eric to kick off the conversation. Tell us what you enjoyed about Eternals. Well, if I was the internet... I would say nothing, but um, I'm not because uh, I liked this movie. <laughs> um, I thought it was good. I thought it was a good change of pace compared to the rest of the MCU. I liked that it was a more kind of 
introspective, sweeping, visually almost toned down a little bit. I mean, some people have said it looked too much like the DC color palette, and I would not go that far at all. No, um, not at all. But it definitely wasn't as brightly colored um, as some of the other MCU movies. Um, but I don't mind a little difference. There should be um, ups and downs and shading to things. Um Overall, I thought the story was good. I liked that it wasn't necessarily told chronologically through the whole thing, that there was the time jumps back and forth to tell their entire story um, over the course of the 5,000 years or 7,000 years. I thought you were going to say the five hours of this movie because that's what it (laughs) felt like for a little while. Um. But no, the the entire time that they've been on the Earth. Um, I did have a couple little mm, moments um, towards the end of the movie. Uh, But I thought overall it was really well done. It was fun to look at. I liked... um, I really liked performances by Don Lee and... um, I'm sorry, which actress played Makari? Um, oh, uh, Lauren uh, Ridloff. Yes, she was fantastic. Um, I thought Salma Hayek did really well. I really liked Angelina Jolie. I liked just about all of the cast in their roles. Um, Kamal Nalgiani made me laugh and smile. And um, shoot, who played a sidekick? His valet. Oh, his valet, valet. Was that was um, uh, mm-hmm. Har- uh, Harish Patel as uh, Karan. Yes, he was amazing. So um, good. So good. The cinematography was so good. Um, and yeah, we're just keeping with things we liked right now. So yeah, that's good. <laughs> All right. Very good. Very good. All right, BJ, your turn. What did you enjoy about Eternals? So I'm not gonna lie, I kind of enjoyed the drama. I'm just I'm not not even not even in the movie outside the movie. I enjoyed the drama. I'm I mean, the movie was review bombed a couple times. Um, there was just there was just this weird feeling of like it's very different. And when I tell you it is vi- like those of you that haven't seen it that are listening to this, it is. Definitely, it feels like an epic, almost an epic sci-fi piece um, because the scale of it is staggering because you've got thousands of years of history for these characters that they're te- they're playing with. Um, they mention a lot of planet locations. Um, they name drop. They don't even really, and they don't name drop as much as the other movies do as far as like um, everything from like phase one through phase four, I think. Um no, it's it's this is probably some of the best character work I've seen in a Marvel movie. Uh the only the only thing that comes anywhere near as close is that whole section of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 about Nebula and Gamora. Um like this is this is this is like a this is a draw this is 
pretty much a drama. Like, there are comedic moments, but nowhere near as many comedic moments in this movie as there are other Marvel movies. Um, a lot of the comedic moments are just sequestered away to a couple of other characters. Um, like, I think two or three. Um, it's... I was I I I absolutely loved the fact that they did were like they were like we're gonna do something different for this, um, because that's the only way the Marvel movies are gonna move. That's that's the only way this is gonna keep going for another twenty years um, is if you actually have a dedication to a different tone. Um, but yeah, no, I have some some of the best character work. I don't think. I think I liked every single character in this movie. Um, and I'm not going to lie. Um, Gilgamesh can get it. I have been saying this on my Facebook. Um, I, I have. Yes. <laughs> I, have, I have gone to my local synagogue and said, excuse me. Shalom. Gilgamesh can get it. I just like that man. I loved him in train to Busan. I have, I loved him in squid game. I have loved him in everything he's been in and he just keeps getting hotter. Um, he can Gilgamesh your back out. Oh my God. He I don't can know what Gilgamesh, that meant, he can, No, he can Gilgamesh these guts is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Not even lying. Um, but like, he and can then Gilgamesh you up big time. <laughs> Um, and the only second to Brian Tyree Hen- Henry's uh, Fastos, because Fastos, I appreciate. Not only did I appreciate the Fastos was you know married with a kid and his husband, there were a couple of color, um, and the fact that he went on to this movie thinking he was going to need to lose weight and bulk up, and the director and everybody was like, no, be yourself, and I was like. I was, I was, I got to clutch the pearls because I was like, that's, that's just perfect. Um, I, that he didn't have to pull a, a Camille Nanjiani and get jacked <laughs> and then be covered up completely the entire movie. <laughs> right. Or, or he didn't, he didn't have, he didn't pull a, a True Blood season two where everybody just got like 20% more hot for no reason at all. Um, it's just like, wait, why are his arms that big this time around? Um, no, I, I appreciated it. Um, I I loved his character and I loved I loved I loved that everybody kind of got a little slice of story. Um that was that was something good. I always I love nonlinear storytelling. I loved it in Birds of Prey. I, I've loved it in um uh Suicide Squad, uh, uh the Suicide Squad. Um and yes, Selma use Hayek. That, use that definite article to make the distinction between the movies, please. Thank you. <laughs> or just say the year. <laughs> God, what year but, did um, the new one come out? Was that 2021? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it had to be actually, this year. yeah oh. that was 2021. God, it feels um, like a fucking forever ago. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, on, like I said, it was, I have some critiques, but in all honesty, this movie tonally gave makes me even more excited for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness because like they said that's going to have significantly more horror elements and be a little bit different and I think I think the Marvel properties cinematic universe TV shows they succeed 
when they push for a more different tone and they don't try, they try to break from the cookie cutter mold because they've had a lot of success. Um, like Ant-Man, the Ant-Man movies are essentially heist movies and they work. Um, you know, you've got Iron Man, which kind of turned into like a lesson on PTSD. <laughs> so it, it's 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 when they lean in when they lean into to this the things that make them different i it works it works really well so um no yeah this is as far as the cast is concerned snaps all around everybody was phenomenal um and yeah i mean i think even my critiques even my critiques are going to be very like they're just pretty much backhanded compliments <laughs> um but no, I, I, um, I, and I went and saw this cause I thought we were going to talk about it on our cast roundup and I was like, shit, I haven't seen it and I want to see it. So I was at cheesecake factory. I'm pretty sure y'all know which one. There's only like two here. Winter Park, um, right, right outside <laughs> of the, uh, right by the, the movie theater. I miss that theater. I'm, I like that theater. That's where we so always go and see our Marvel movies. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm walking across the parking lot with my, with my slice of cheesecake that I said I wasn't going to buy. Um, and I was like, you know what, let me just see what's available. And they had tons of seats available for an IMAX showing. And I was like, you know what, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, and I put my slice of cheesecake in my pants and walked on in, sat down and ate my cheesecake. Is that a slice of cheesecake in your pants? Or are you just happy to see this movie? (laughs) Both. (laughs) After, after daddy Gilgamesh came on the screen, both. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, um, I'm, I'm, I, I'm absolutely floored. Like, like I didn't expect, I expected to enjoy it. I didn't expect to love the characters as much as I did. Um, and yeah, just a, a, a family, a family friend drama of epic proportions. Nice. So I'm glad that you left a, a couple of things for me with this. It's always it's always tough when you go last in this round. <laughs> um, but I, it's funny because, like you said, BJ, originally I thought we were going to be going into our last recording and talking about this, and I was going to try to go and see it on Friday night, and um, I ended up a new friend of mine. We decided, like, he wanted to see the movie also, couldn't do Friday, so we decided, okay, we'll do Saturday, and I was like, all right, if I need to, I'll just sit out the uh, that part of our recording, no big deal, and then when uh, we decided to do this as a separate micro, I was like, okay, cool, I can still go see it, and when you were like, just know it's going to be a lot different, it's it's much different than, than all the other Marvel movies, and like, I get where the differences are for sure. But it felt like a Marvel movie. I walked into it I, and I walked out of it loving the movie. And it felt like another part of the Marvel universe. And I didn't see there being that much of a difference where it was like this, this you know, big disparity from what the rest of the Marvel movies were. Um, so I don't understand where a lot of the criticism is. I do get where people who are just wanting to be assholes about uh the movie why they would review bomb it why there's going to be so much negative talk about it but i i did love it some of the characters really worked because they were given more story um 
Cersei, fucking love her. In love with her. Like, that's just Ugh, so... The heart. So the heart good. of that movie. So good. And I was so taken aback by just how awesome her characterization was. And to see her and Dane at the beginning of the movie, to see the the struggle to want to be completely open and honest, it felt so real. And it felt like really getting to see a humanized character, a fully realized human character, even though they're Eternals. But it was great to see. I will not be ashamed to say that when they went to go get Fastos and his husband came in and told him that he needed to go, not that he wanted him to, but that he had to. And that scene on the porch and just how important to the story it was, but how understated it was done to just see a gay couple a queer couple of color just have a moment like that in a Marvel movie. I just, I, I welled up and I, I, I cried a little bit and Mike laughed at me and I had to kind of just hit him and say, shut up. Let me, let me feel my feelings. <laughs> that, that kiss, that kiss. I gasped. Like I thought it was just going to be like a, a long hug. And then like, a soft, like a soft press on the press on the lips, but I'm like, oh, okay, like, oh, it's still going. <laughs> it's okay, all right, it's it's happening, and 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 that is that is that. Like, yeah, no, that that, like, I always joke that whenever they have gay characters kiss in any form of media, like, there are very. I think the only other piece of media I've seen where they kiss at like. And it is a well acted, genuine kiss. Is um, I can't, it's that movie with Charlize Theron where she's a part of a group of immortals. <laughs> Sounds like this movie. Um, and there's there's a gay couple, and they've been together for like four hundred years, five hundred years, or something like that. And like, yeah, no, they kiss at one point in the movie, and I'm like, oh, uh oh, oh, that's real. Okay, um, no, the, that kiss, like I. I gasped, and, I, and then I'm like, I hope nobody thought I was homophobic because I gasped. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just, it was so amazing to see queerness, not for a plot point, not for something that was, you know, felt forced in there. And and again, this is an extremely diverse cast. And I know that that has uh, riled up, you know, the uh, homophobic white side. All right, we'll just get the whole southern crowd because <laughs> um, <laughs> that is a huge part of that demographic. But it was amazing, you know, and, and we, we always hear and we say that representation matters. And, you know, we all feel it and we all believe it. But sometimes you don't remember how much it feels, especially when you're homos of our age or older, where you kind of are used to it not being there. But to feel how genuine that scene 
was and how much how genuine it felt i it just yeah it moved me to tears and that i i will not be ashamed of that and hopefully it will lead to more representation like that without needing to be pandering or um you know just kind of highlighted in a way that like hey look we're doing this you know like the uh one of the russo brothers being a you know portraying a gay man in the you know caps uh post blip or in the blip mid mid blip mid blip mid blip <laughs> during the during the blip era <laughs> during the blips flop era um yeah you know like just kind of having those like oh here's just this little mention of whatever like this felt so real and so compelling and the storytelling that was done Chloe Zhao did an amazing job with this film from an artistic standpoint. It felt like kind of what uh, the Angley Incredible Hulk was trying to be back in the day before, uh, you know, these movies really kind of got this, the go that they that they have now. This felt like what Man of Steel was trying to be. I still don't even know what the fuck it was trying to be. I don't think Zack Snyder knew what that was trying to be. <laughs> I still don't think Zack Snyder knows what any of those movies were trying oh, he, to be. He he knew what it was trying to be. It was it was a piece on Superman made by a guy who hates Superman. So <laughs> I mean, I watched all of those movies at this point. I, I don't think even watching the four hour cut of, of Justice League, I still don't think he knows what any of that was supposed to be. <laughs> any of it. But anyway, that's I mean, that's really kind of the biggest thing. Y'all touched on a lot of it. The cast was fantastic. Um I do have some some critiques that we'll get to here in uh in just a few few moments but it it definitely was it was a great fit into the marvel cinematic universe and um i'm gonna go ahead and we'll jump into a huge spoiler here pip the fucking troll <laughs> mother fucking pip i was not <laughs> expecting pip i i a week this movie was out Plus whatever the the previews and like the the early showings or whatever, I went over a week without getting spoiled. The only thing that I had heard beforehand was, "Who is that voice at the you know in the second credit scene?" And I didn't click on any <laughs> of that shit. I was like, "Nope, nope, not going to get spoiled by anything." And I still didn't know who the fuck it was because I I can't tell Marahasha Ali's voice uh, just by the voice right now. But when motherfucking Pip teleported in and rolled onto that ship the domo right the the ship was domo yeah Yeah. the domo and then fucking eros behind him i was like i want infinity gauntlet right now because that was my first introduction to eros and pip was the trade paperback of the infinity gauntlet oh yeah and it made me so so happy so happy I was shocked. I was honestly that that shocked the ever living hell out of me because I was like, "Oh, we're okay. We're just bringing him in too." Like, also, Patton Oswalt voices Pip. I, I loved that. Yes. Patton Oswalt is uh, he went from Agents of Shield to uh, the actual MCU. What if Pip is just one of the brothers? <laughs> <laughs> God. That's fucking hysterical. Points to that. you, Eric. Points to you. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, 
Pip. Pip. Fucking Pip. I legit like gasped and squealed and just I think I might have just said fucking Pip a couple of times <laughs> when that scene played out. And I think Mike just looked it was like Bitch, can you shut the fuck up for a minute and watching this uh, mid credit scene? Oh, <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, so I think that covers, I think, the big chunks of the things that we enjoyed. Dear listeners, we thank you for listening to our little show here. Over 10 years of Flame On, and it's all because of you. We have been doing this because you all have been such great support and have enjoyed our show. We love hearing feedback. Please feel free to email us, comment, send us messages on social media, and you can find us by going to flameonshow.com. We all have uh, little uh, little blurbs there with uh, ways to connect with us, emails. Uh, you can find us on Twitch. You can find us on YouTube, on our social media platforms. Go check it out, flameonshow.com. You can also purchase uh, some Flame On swag by going to Threadless. The link is on the website as well as is the link to our Patreon, where you can go and support us at any of the four levels of uh, our Patreon that are available for you right now. So go check that out at patreon.com forward slash flame on show. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, y'all. Now that we've done the good, you know, you take the good. You take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the Eternals. So let's talk <laughs> the things that we maybe would have liked to have seen done a little differently or just flat out maybe didn't like. BJ, I'm going to run it back to you. We'll go back around the other way. What you got for critiques, comments, concerns, epiphanies, revelations? So it's funny. So I... I actually kind of didn't like the change in tone for some of the humorous parts. It was weird. It it, it made things feel a little bit disjointed. Um, I honestly feel it's one of those things where I'm like, you either commit completely to the tone or like you, you don't. Um, and for the most part, they committed to the whole, like the, the family drama dynamic Um and everything and you guys are right the the color the color um my my main critique i and i've heard people say this i heard a lot of people say maybe it, it would have been better as two movies you could have like the drama and then an action i actually heard this from um uh, jay stubes on tiktok uh she is amazing 
Um, and if you guys haven't seen her, I've probably thrown a whole bunch of videos of hers at your face. Uh, <laughs> but uh, she came up with the idea of you have the movie go till the big reveal that they're actually there to make sure the earth becomes an egg for a new celestial. Um, and then you end the movie there and then you bring it back as a five episode miniseries on, um, Disney plus done from the perspective of, um, um, Kingo done from Kingo's perspective on trying to stop the celestial from hatching. And most of it is kind of done as the, uh, as like a reality show. Um, and then coming out of that for the actual fight. Um, but yeah, it just, it, it, it points. It felt very disjointed. Um, it lagged a bit at some points. I'm, I honestly, but the character work for me was so good that, the lagging didn't bother me all that much. Um, I'll challenge you this though on the disjointed on, on your critique of that. It is such a family drama. It is put together so much as a family drama, and we've all had our share of odd, intense moments with family. That sometimes when there is that moment of just cracking a random joke to break that tension, like I get wanting to have a a singular kind of tonality to it but mm-hmm. i don't i think that where the beats were where they made those jokes happen kind of broke that tension because if you were just kind of building building tension building tension building tension and had none of the those kind of quips or the gilgamesh uh where sprite <laughs> changes uh gill's outfit into like a onesie with the the big bib on it and everything like those little beats while it feels like it breaks the tone i think play extremely well to the family dynamic portion of it and we're not used to that in a marvel movie where yeah. uh, if it were kind of more of a family drama remove the superhero portion of it it wouldn't feel as tonally jarring because that's yeah. kind of how the family dynamic is where we're not used to seeing that be the tone of a Marvel film. This was very much a family movie, like a, a family centric yeah, kind of encapsulation of, of almost, that. almost like, almost like Greek gods meets like, this is us sort of, uh, sort of dynamic. Um, no, no, I get what you're saying. And I actually, I would say the humorous moments that didn't disrupt that tone, you're absolutely right. The human, the, the, the humorous moments that didn't disrupt the tone were the ones between the, just the, inter- uh, the Eternals. Um, but like, while I love uh, Kango and his, his valet, that was, I think that, I think it was the valet that brought me out of it until the final scene with him where he's just like, thank you everybody for what you did for us, you know? Um, so, but like I said, it's, I looked at him as like, um, when your cousin brings his girlfriend home for like <laughs> Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner and everybody is just, you know, being, you know, cunty and horrible to each other. And they just kind of <laughs> are like, 
well, that cranberry sauce was delicious, <laughs> you know, and just kind of crack a, a a joke to kind of try to fit in. I I I thought that it, yeah. I felt it worked there because of that. Maybe it's just because I've had really awkward family dinners <laughs> with new people that have come in and it's just really weird. Um, But, uh, and then, what was the other thing? There was, there was something else. Um, oh, honestly, while I liked him as a character, I, Dane Whitman, aka Black Knight, I don't know. I have, like, I like I loved his interactions with Cersei. But like there were just moments there were moments that felt like they were edited into the movie to kind of hammer to kind of make you pay more attention to him. And that was like where where she's talking to him and telling him to uh to um you know reach out to his uncle and then him being like, Oh, there's something I haven't told you about my past, like I feel- it did feel a lot like the producers were like, "Hey, you guys, you guys know we have Kit Harrington in this movie." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, see, you know we're paying that, him, right? Guys, guys, we got Kit Harrington in this movie. Yeah, like, like for for like when they were announcing the entire cast for this movie, and they mentioned Kit Harrington, and then I saw the movie, and I was like, I mean, I see they're they 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 have it's. It's one of those moments where the tone and everything of the movie was so good. And then you have like this weird action figure just kind of standing in there. And like I said, I loved his character interactions with Cersei. Um, I loved like, like I honestly, what I really want is a double date with him and Cersei and Fastos and Ben (laughs) because they're like the only two. And I would say other than, um, other than um, Mr. Mind Control and the fast girl, um, Druig and Makari. Druig and Makari, like they're they're the ones that they're the two that I feel have a lot more to lose, um, with their lives beginning, st- like starting, um, and everything. So I I don't know I the way they handled Kit Harrington's character was odd, in some parts and some parts it was great. Like the uh, the opening of the movie. I loved him. I was like, oh my gosh, I really like this character. And then there are just moments where like, it felt like, here's the advertisement for Black Knight. And I'm like, okay. I, I like, and like, no, it's a money that was the second thing. credit scene. That was, <laughs> which, which uh, like made me super excited. Um, uh, I was going to say, it, it made me super excited. And the fact that um, Blade is there to be like, uh, you want to, you want to touch that? Like, you sure? Um, it's super exciting uh, and gives me hope for a Midnight Suns movie um, or Disney Plus show. But uh, but yeah, I I really didn't think we needed Kit Harrington at all. <laughs> um, but I but like I said, opening the opening of the movie it created it created better stakes for Cersei. Um, you know, it gave it gave her a better option than going back to her shitty ex. Um, Oh, and God, then, um, <laughs> and honestly, Icarus, Icarus, Icarus is how I view Cyclops when I hate him. <laughs> Icarus, Icarus is how I view Cyclops when I'm annoyed with him. Like the annoying parts of Cyclops in this flying dude with eye lasers. It's Vulcan. <laughs> it's it's a douchey Vulcan. Um, no, like 
I I I I didn't have any emotional attachment to Icarus at all. Um, maybe that's just because I I've had a lot of people not go out with me because they got back together with their shitty ex. Maybe maybe I'm bitter, but no, I did. I liked the actor. I did not like I did not like Icarus at all. Um, yeah, they did not make I, it easy to to like him. I don't know. Not, if we were, I don't think no. we were supposed to like him. Yeah, but they did not make it easy to. I mean, maybe it was also because of the fact that that the one thing that was like that I I did hear a lot before watching the movie was the speculation that Icarus um, killed Ajax. Oh uh, yeah, and going into when you realize that she's dead, and it's like, oh, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, that pissed me off. I wanted more AJ. Honestly, my my last critique is just I wanted more. I wanted more of the characters. And if I got a Disney Plus series, I would get more of the characters. And of course, I want more Gilgamesh. But <laughs> Gil- Gilgamesh me, daddy. Um, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no. So that that was it. Just I I wanted I wanted more. Um, I felt like they should have just done something different with Kit Kit Harrington and. Um, just the tone. The tone was off for me a couple times in the movie, but other than it's still, it's still probably it's in probably it's definitely in my top ten. Sweet. All right, so let's throw it over to Eric. What were some of your critiques or less than stellar moments from Eternals? So I'll start at the very beginning of the movie <laughs> because. They had a crawl after the at the very beginning of the movie, setting up what's gonna happen, what is the plot of this movie. And I get that there was a lot to this movie. This was a long movie, but show don't tell us. <laughs> I crawls don't really work outside of Star Wars, I don't think. There it's it it just felt off. I didn't like that. Um, let's see here. Kind of some of the same character stuff BJ was talking about as far as, yeah, you don't need those extra little kit bits um, in the middle of the movie at all. Um, I like the then, kit bit in the middle, though. When she called, when she video, like, that video call provided two of the, like, two of what I thought were some of the funniest moment, like joke moments in the movie when um, the Kingu was like, what the, like what phone or what service are you using? Cause he's like, I get no signal, no signal out here. <laughs> that was fantastic. And um, at the, uh, when she finishes the call, when the call breaks up and she's like, Oh, we broke up. And then Icarus is like, you guys broke up. <laughs> Like that, that beat <laughs> right there for for not really caring for Icarus for most of the movie, that was hysterical because that shitty ex boyfriend who's like wanting his ex girlfriend to break up with the good guy to come back to him, like that was just a fantastic beat for me. I like that kit bit in the middle. <laughs> yeah, I didn't need it. Um... <laughs> well, fuck my drag. <laughs> and I understand that. These characters' names go back a ways, but it was a little weird to have the King of the North and Jon Snow fighting over Cersei 
in a love triangle. That's a little weird for anyone who's watched Game of Thrones. Um, no, but that's not really a complaint. That's um, I thought Gemma Chan was good. I did feel that some of her moments throughout the middle of the movie were a little wooden. Um, like the deviant I that she get... uh, transformed? <laughs> a little bit. A tree. Um <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not as wooden as Icarus. I mean, there there is just very little. Uh, I mean, that's why that's why they had there. to add the extra flap over over his front, <laughs> his front bits. <laughs> um, I don't need um, DC Comics to be a thing in the Marvel universe. <laughs> I, I don't need anyone to know who Superman is. I don't need that to be a thing. It just feels weird. Um, but what about Alfred? And out of touch. What about Alfred? I mean, he was name dropped in the movie, also. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Again, I don't need DC Comics. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't need it. Um, do, 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 do. There wasn't too much else that I really had an issue with. I'll just say. I watched the pitch meeting for this uh, movie. Did did you watch it, Pat? I, I'm sure you did. I did. I did. I love that this has become like required for every movie that we do now. And I, and I watched it mostly because I knew Pat would ask us if we had watched it. Um, but they weren't wrong when they said, there's a lot of characters and that's a lot of material. We have Disney Plus. Are you sure you don't just want to make a series? I mean... I- I'm glad it wasn't a series, but maybe a second movie might have been good. Yeah. Um, But also, she just turned the Celestial into a big hunk of marble. The planet is not going to be in good shape after that. (laughs) That, It's not good. No. The planet is sad right now. (laughs) Really sad. Well... Actually, what's what's funny is one of the one of the the wild theories being thrown around is that the fact that you know the planet didn't pop when it was quote unquote supposed to um, could potentially make it very appetizing for a specific space <laughs> space gastro um, gastro enthusiast. Oh, I'm, sh- I'm sure that now now that celestials are fully in the mix, I'm sure Galactus is coming. Yeah, because you have. To give the uh, Fantastic Four somebody to fight, and... I will say the Celestials. The I was uh, Celestials are fucking terrifying. Like I wasn't, I wasn't emotionally ready for like, the like clouds to part and there they're, to be. <laughs> they're, they're effectively their dad to show up and be like yoink later. <laughs> like I was not okay. I was like, all right, everybody needs to be collectively shitting themselves right now because that was horrifying. I was like, "Oh no!" The number Dad's of Xanax prescriptions that were that were filled <laughs> after Arishim just appeared in the sky, right? And Mister Whitman, what Mister Whitman, what you gonna do with your fucking enchanted sword? Like, I just give give me give me a give me give me a play by play, buddy, with a giant space scientist that made your girlfriend from scratch, like. <laughs> 
Um, but one of the characters we haven't really talked about, which I had a bit of a problem with, um, not the actress or anything, but was Sprite. I thought the actress did a really good job with Sprite. I felt like I understood that like the motivation of unrequited love isn't a bad storyline to have. I don't feel like there were enough points in the movie that made it feel earned outside of outside of the very beginning of the movie where um, Icarus showed up to fight the deviant in London and Sprite was really excited to see him. You don't really get the feel outside of Kinko just coming out and saying it. Oh, you're in love with Icarus. Um, I mean, after that is said out loud, you see it, but there's nothing really up to that point where she's really leaning into him all that much, even in the flashbacks. I mean, you could go back now and watch it again and trick yourself into seeing it, but upon first watch, it's not really there. Yeah. Um, the yeah, no, the you're, wedding you're right. scene I, is one that when you go back and you, cause uh, I think it was in the new rock stars video. They freeze on like the group of eternals aside from Icarus and Cersei. And you see mm-hmm. Sprite in the mix looking plucked. She is uh, <laughs> nonplussed in the, uh, in the group she, shot. She, she's a bit salty. Oh yeah, for sure. But it's, but to your point, Eric, exactly. If it's not noticeable, it's not there for the viewer. We were watching and we did not notice that. It isn't until it's pointed out and then somebody says, here, look at this scene. Oh, look at that. And now you can see it because you have to really, really stretch to see it. Yeah. It needs to be more visible for the viewer and maybe sure. i just and maybe there was more stuff shot and it was just edited out down to get the runtime who's to know but it and again that, that can be a fine storyline to have and i feel like it's one that isn't out of place for if you think about the history of the character and everything it could totally fit but i mean, it just didn't it, feel earned in the movie it could fit but I mean, we've seen it so often. With when you have an immortal, like uh, as soon as they were like an immortal character who's like stuck in the body of like a fourteen-year-old, that's like the first place my mind goes is that like she's bitter that she's stuck in this body. I mean, I was gonna say we saw it in an interview with the vampire. Um, you kind of get a sense of it at the beginning uh, where she's posing as like an older version of herself. Um, at the bar, right. and, yeah. and then when she realized she can't touch anybody, she's like, "Oh, well, whatever, bye." Um, so you get like, it's not f- like it's not difficult to jump to, but at the same time, I'm also like, "Really, Icarus? Icarus?" Like, I mean, again, I was- they had to add extra <laughs> material to the front of his Ghibli bits. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm sorry. Like Thena, you can you can break Gilgamesh off a chunk while Thena's going through her uh, her mind weary. Like she's sitting there, kind of bugging next to a tree. I'd be like, "Hey, Chris, what's up? What's she? What's she doing? She don't have. She won't remember." <laughs> um, and then the deviant, um, the evolving deviant, rather. 
I felt like it was such a waste of potential. Yes. I I understand you have to give them something kind of throughout the movie to move the story along, but, and you have to give them some sort of stakes, but, uh, that could have turned into some kind of cool villain in the future, but just gone now. All that wasted potential is just gone. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't even know why they ended up hiring somebody to voice him, because what was the point? Why they hired Bill Skarsgård to voice him? <laughs> You could have picked anybody off the street and been like, "Here, say these two lines of dialogue." Okay, bye. I would have been. I would have been fine if he had popped up, like when he was in the cave fighting Thena. If he had popped up, and be like, "Hey, Thena," pulled it, pulled out a little Pennywise. I would have been. I would have been happy. They would have gotten their money's worth. Yeah, and I'm with you on that, Eric. Like, it really if if he had fought Thena and escaped. And it was just that looming threat out there. Okay, cool. But to just have it, basically have him be this indestructible force to then just be taken out that quickly and that easily was such a a letdown to that storyline. It really just did not do what it should have done. It did not deliver on... uh, um, and, and and as far as him being even in the area of the final fight, the only reason he was there was to distract Thena. Because if she was there, in addition to the other Eternals fighting Icarus, that's not an issue anymore. I mean, because Fastus has him down on the beach. She just goes, lop, off with your head. Bye. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah, she probably would have gone a little, a little nutty and, and done that. Because, I mean, I don't think... Any of them wanted to kill Icarus, but for sure, make make sure that he couldn't stop them from stopping the emergence of, was it Tiamat? Was the, the yeah. Celestial? Tiamat. Uh, I'm actually remembering names. Look at me go. I, I remember <laughs> things from this film. Well, it's a little easier when they use names that have been previously used in mythology throughout time and space in memoriam. Well, because these characters are the ones who inspired those names, so I know. it works. Um, yeah, but no, for sure. Um, any final critiques? Um, I was a little sad Ajax died, but you know, I understood purpose, moving characters forward. Whatever, it was motivation. But I thought Salma Hayek did a good job. Same. It was just sad she's gone. Yeah, same for both. Um, y'all touched on most of the things that I uh, had issues with. While I do agree on BJ's point in the prose section that there was good character development. On the con side, I think it was only for certain ones. Um, Makari, I was a delight in the movie, but got nothing. I mean, even to the point where she was on Domo. Like, they didn't even have to go find her and have a whole section like they did with Kingu and um, and Fastos and Gilgamesh and Athena. Like, 
yeah, the ship was completely buried. How does it ever explain that she was just living in the ship with all the modern day collection of her horde of stuff? <laughs> Apparently she can run so fast that she can phase through the sand. No one will know. Um, I did not love Druig. Uh, I get where like the character, like the mental process was, but it didn't feel earned or resolved. Like it just was a very odd beat. And then I did like him with Makari though. Like I did see yeah. that little bit there. Like that was a cute little thing. Cause you saw it in the flashbacks in uh, Babylon. And I thought that they played off each other very well. Um, but the characters, there are so many characters that you can't do a ton of development, even with this being, you know, a 157 minute film. It, it just didn't it didn't have the necessary space. So had we gotten even if they had done some like shorts that were released beforehand, I know that they did put a lot of clips out before, but there needed to be something a little bit more with some of these characters. Thankfully, uh, most of them are alive and will be continuing on in the journey with the Eternals. So we'll get to know them more, but it was still sad to kind of see how some of these characters who were lovely additions to the cast did not get the treatment that they, um, that they deserved in the movie because there wasn't enough time and we weren't doing a four hour Snyder cut of Eternals in the movie theater. <laughs> I would have watched it though. I'm just saying would have done it. Um, I forgot to mention this in the, the pros section. And so my con for this would be that, uh, there was a huge section where he was not in the movie, but Kamel Nanjiani's eyebrows <laughs> were a fucking standout star of this movie for me. <laughs> I don't know what it is about them, but when the Bollywood scene and the uh, the Legend of Icarus as he's filming the movie, the eyebrow movement, the control that he has over those things was phenomenal. And for him to just then kind of be removed from the film again, a lot of characters so i get that we can't focus on them all all the time but it just it felt sad that he was uh he was gone for a big chunk of of time in the middle middle to late part of the movie and then he just kind of he's like i don't necessarily believe either side is right and i'm just gonna go and you know I, i'm not gonna fight either one of you bye um that was was kind of tough to to deal with but then he pops back up at the end and great the resolution to the celestial issue like y'all said the earth is not the same when it gets split open or even if it's just uh that much of it gets split open to have <laughs> a head of a celestial and its hand coming out of the earth yeah there's a lot more going on in the entire world storms tsunamis uh massive shifts in the world itself um the one thing that i would say is if that becomes the new avengers headquarters like it i think <laughs> still is in the comics right now that'd be fantastic uh i don't think it's the you know the same exact way but the uh the dead body of a celestial has been the home of the avengers since jason aaron took over in 2018 if I'm not mistaken, I'm bad with years, but I know that for for the 
good chunk of the last couple of years. And I know that recently it was actually a point of contention because the Celestials came back and were mad that essentially these humans are desecrating the body of their uh, sibling <laughs> by living. But they haven't, been, they haven't been mad at the space creatures all living in nowhere for God knows how long. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know, but apparently it was. I, I was reading online. I haven't. I haven't read Avengers in in a while, uh, but I, I had read that that was going to be kind of one of the next storylines. Was that the Celestials were going to be coming back and pissed at the Avengers for living in the dead body of their their brother. Um, but yeah, I I mean overall, I like the movie. There, those kind of are just nitpicks for it um would i've liked to have seen the second movie to draw out and kind of give more life and flesh to some of the beats for sure maybe giving us more ajak that would have been lovely um but yeah i mean i i think overall my my downsides weren't horrible and they didn't obviously did not make me dislike the movie i i came out of it really enjoying this movie so um so yeah all right, dear listeners, we thank you again for listening to our lovely little show here. Check out our website, flameonshow.com. If you feel so inclined, go check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash flameonshow and join at any of the four tiers that are available. So again, that's flameonshow.com and patreon.com forward slash flameonshow. All right, one last quick round. Wild conjecture, thoughts, speculations. Where do we think that this story is going to go? And our flame rating Back the other way around. Eric, what are your uh, wild conjecture thoughts on Eternals? Uh, First wild conjecture, I think that on the Blu-ray release, they will have the documentary um, that uh, the valet was shooting. Oh my God, that'd be hysterical. A bonus segment um, that I would love. Um, How many cameras did you bring? (laughs) um long-term conjecture i think that this story and the fact that um erishim took the those celestials back and was like i'm going to use your memories to judge humanity i think that is going to lead into a version of secret wars um and that's going to be um how earth ends up being saved is by Erishim abducting all these heroes and Avengers who have been um, protecting earth. And somehow that's going to be secret wars, um, but that's my wild conjecture. And I would give Eternals um, four flames. I liked it. Nice. All right, BJ wild conjecture time. Well, conjecture. Um, I believe that Ereshim is going to see the worth in humanity through the Eternals' eyes. However, um, because the Celestials are effectively douchey scientists, he's going to come back to Earth and experiment on a chunk of the population unbeknownst to everyone. And I think that's how we're going to get mutants in the MCU. Um, Because technically... Um, the Eternals, uh, not the Eternals, um, in the comic, the Celestials know of the X-Gene and they fuck with it, but they do, they fuck with it back in the past. Um, so this would be a good way for the Celestials to kind of fuck with, uh, with humanity 
um, and we get our we get our muty mutants out there. Um, and it, I believe also that um, we'll also get a little taste of Galactus at some point too, um, with the fact that Earth didn't pop like it was supposed to, so now it's this energy rich. Um, energy-rich, life-rich planet, and probably the most one in the galaxy right now. Um, so, yeah. And then my flame rating is going to be... What are we doing it out of five? Yep. Uh, I'll give it a 4.5 out of five. Sweet. For my wild conjecture, um, I think somehow, some way, some shape, some form, we're going to get a Thanos back. There's no way that you bring his brother into the mix um, and considering that Thanos in the comics is essentially an eternal, but with a deviant gene and Eros is obviously an eternal. He's got his little uh, talky sphere. I think in some way, shape or form, we're going to bring him back into this universe, whether or not that's, uh alongside the multiverse ripping apart or being uh, a thing over these next couple of movies that are coming out but you cannot have eros if you are not going to have thanos i so i wildly speculate and conjecture that thanos will be somehow brought back into the mix aside from that um i don't have much speculation i i i don't know a lot about the eternals um galactus being a part of the mcu i think that's a foregone conclusion i don't know if the celestial knot coming about um will be the cause of it but i i'm fine my wild conjecture will be that the avengers move into the head of tiamat that's uh frozen in wherever that is the indian ocean and uh it's just going to take them because actually i think in the comics it's like antarctica or the arctic circle something like that and they teleport over to the u.s like it's they're headquartered in uh in a remote area so that'll be my wild conjecture is that that's going to be their new uh base of operations there they're going to live in a dead celestial's head just like nowhere uh and for flame rating i'll give it a four and a quarter uh i i i really did like this movie you know what i'm gonna bump it up to four and a half just for the fastos and his husband scene and how moving and how much it fucking made my heart sing to see something like that in a major Marvel motion picture. All right, dear listeners, tell us what you thought about Eternals. Send us uh, emails, write to us on social media, comments, do any of that. We want to hear what you thought of the movie. And uh, we'll be back in two weeks with another Pop Culture Roundup. So until then, bye, Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.